0: my babies and welcome. Yeah, it's going to be a rough one, guys. Welcome to Poker in the Ears. I am Uncle Daddy Joe Stapleton. Here's my work wife, James Hardigan. Happy World Hippo Day, Joe.
1: Did, did y'all have Hungry Hungry Hippo as a children's game? I did not have it personally. A friend had it. I actually think that Hungry Hungry Hippos was one of the greatest pieces of advertising in television history because the commercial made the game look awesome, when in reality, it was a bit shit. It was
0: god awful. It
1: was re- it was just pure
0: chaos, too. There was no game to it. It was just slapping so a piece of mess. plastic until Absolute it was
1: over. Uh, no, sorry. Slapping a piece of plastic until something broke, which it invariably did.
0: Yeah, whatever. Either way, yes, coming up on today's show, uh like I said, yeah, it's going to be a rough one. A lot has happened since the last time we did this show. The PCA, the PSPC, Okay,
1: that's only two things, but it <laughs> it was a lot. That is probably the key, right? Those are the two biggest things that have happened.
0: Yes, there was the PCA main event that we covered. We did 5 days of uh, of live broadcasting the PSPC entire event, 5 days of that. 6 millionaires a dramatic final table and a people's champion by the name of Nicholas Tomb made 8 million dollars. And he is the guest on our show today.
1: I don't see how there's anyone else we could invite onto this podcast because he was such a character. He was the fan favorite. And just what an awesome result. Legitimately, genuinely free-rolling the PSPC and cashing out for a seven-figure score.
0: Yeah, and free-rolling in our hearts, too. We're going to get to all of that momentarily. This is also... (laughs) I'm exhausted already. This is also our EPT Paris preview show. What? You mean we're combining a recap with a preview? What is this madness? We, I mean, typically would have two separate weeks to do this, but nope, not this time. I mean, Joe, Uh, we could have had
1: two separate weeks had we elected to record a podcast last week. I'm going to say that would have been an even worse idea.
0: Yeah, look, I I have not recovered from PCA yet. I am not going to lie. But also, there's just tons of other stuff to talk about. I'm not sure what we're going to have time for. I feel like anything but what we just mentioned is just going to have to wait. Yeah. Except. Except. I did something this week we're going to talk about real quick. I just got back from a charity poker event with Maria Ho. You r- may remember uh, I did this last year as well. I'm going to try to talk about that very briefly if we have the time. There's also the Global Poker Awards. Oh my God. We should probably talk about a lot to do.
1: Also, who's the fucking super fan? Uh, nobody answered the call, so there isn't one. If there was going to be one episode where not having a super fan isn't a problem... It's this particular show. That being said, a bit later on, we will do a proper shout out, a proper call to action for super fans and general involvement with the show on Discord across all of the various channels we have available. Um, The bizarre thing is, Joe, last year we did a separate episode on the Global Poker Awards, a separate episode previewing every live event. So much combined here. So very quickly, let's talk about this your trip to florida i guess let's catch up on what we've been up to post bahamas starting with you starting with is it daytona you go to
0: yeah so the daytona 500 is a huge uh, nascar race happens every year in a daytona florida and the nascar foundation is like their charitable wing and they have been using maria as their host for this event for like the last eight years or so. And so for the last two years, she's taken me sort of as her plus one, but this is a legit event. NASCAR. I think I might've told you guys this before is the largest privately owned sports organization in the world. Like it's not a publicly traded company. So the people who run it are very powerful and very wealthy because they provide you know, it's like the number one spectator sport. After I think, you know, it's in the top three or four. It's crazy. Right. So, um, and they do a lot of good. It's cool. It's nice. It reminds me of doing the St. Jude charity event. So I like being there. So there's no they do a they do a charity poker tournament. Obviously, um, no real poker to discuss. Obviously, because uh, you know it was just a charity event and there wasn't a whole lot going on there. Uh, they did not auction off a shotgun this year, which disappointing. was disappointing. Um, but there was one guy so I tweeted about Florida. I did a joke about like the recent book banning in Florida and one guy found me at the event. He's like, "You don't you don't like our books here." And I'm like, ah, "That wasn't really the point of the tweet." And I wasn't sure if it was going to like turn into something more than that. Luckily, it did not. Um, but the reason I wanted to tell this story is that last year there were only a few people who knew who I was. Um, which I I don't mind from an ego perspective. Sometimes I'm like, oh, like, do I really belong here since no one really gives a shit? Um, This year, there were a lot more people, and they were very grateful that I came. However, they all thought I was Daniel Oh, Maria had roped in Daniel to do, like, a Zoom... um, Tutorial like how to play poker this year ahead of time to teach people. And last year she had gotten Phil Hellmuth to do it this year. She got Daniel Negrana to do it. And so there are at least a half a dozen people who, when I was at the event were like, thank you so much for doing that zoom with us. It's really cool. You came here like it's, and they were asking me, professional poker player wow. questions. Wow. So it's
1: the classic all guys with beards look the same cliche.
0: Kind of, yeah. And I was like, look, if you've never met me or Daniel before and you've only met him over Zoom and you, you see him nah, one day and me the next day. Still still think
1: it's tenuous.
0: <laughs> it's pretty bad. I, I would make
1: excuses for these people.
0: So the funniest part was that so after um, I, I got eliminated, I just was like chatting with someone off to the side and I met this dude this like, he seems like a um, like a a very successful doctor who's like, seems to be sort of the NASCAR team doctor. And then also owns like a clinical trials company. Um, And he was like, Hey man, like, do you ever do other gigs? I'd love to hire you and like bring you out here for some stuff. And I'm like, sure. I do stand up. I do, you know, I do hosting. I do, I, you know, if you want to have like a poker night, if you want to do, you know, if you want to have a charity event, whatever it is, like I, I totally love to do stuff like that. And then I go, you know I'm not Daniel Negreanu, right? And he had like this flicker in his eyes. Oh no! Where, where he did the thing that I do when I'm like about to buy something, and they're like, "You know what this costs, right?" And I, and then they tell me it's like I, bu- I fact before this event, I bought a shirt. I didn't have a clean shirt, and I went to check it out at the register, and they're like, "That'll be 148.50." And I was like, "Yeah." I totally meant to spend 148.50 on this shirt, and that's the the face he made. He's like, no, totally, no, no, no. I knew it was you. No, no, no. I don't. Yeah, no, no, no. We can do something. So, I did email him. We'll see if that ever becomes anything, or you know, if he genuinely did want to have Daniel. But overall, great event. Had a blast with Maria. They love her to death, so they don't even care that they don't know who I am. Um, but it was a crazy turnaround. Obviously, we had PCA last week. Then it was Super Bowl Sunday, and after the Super Bowl is when I got on a red-eye plane from 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., my local time. God, We did brutal. one night in Florida, uh, and by say- when I say night, Maria and I got back from this event at, like, 1 a.m., and then we were back up at 6.30 a.m. to take the flight back to L.A. So I'm pretty wrecked, but I think
1: you are, too. Oh, my God, dude. I've never experienced jet lag like this before. I do have still not recovered. It's meant to be, what, one hour, or sorry, one day for every hour of time difference. But coming back from this event, it's not the first time we've ever come back from the Bahamas. It's not the first time I've traveled from the East Coast or even from the West Coast, which is an eight-hour difference. But yeah, I was in a horrible state. I was (laughs) flapping around like a permanently exhausted pigeon for the better part of a week. I had every intention of getting out and about, being active, going for a run. I had no energy. I just found myself flabbed out on the sofa watching Ginny and Georgia on Netflix and watching 10-year-old YouTube videos. Um, the one thing I did watch, which I would very, very strongly recommend, is The Bear on Disney+, Plus, which is an eight-part series, 30-minute episodes, and is bloody brilliant.
0: I actually just recommended that show to two different people over the last couple of days. One of them being Maria on the trip, because uh, we ordered uh, Postmates late at night, like some snacks. And it remi- for some reason, I was thinking of that scene where they forget to not turn on the order system until the restaurant opens. And when they flip the computer on, the noise that that ticket makes every time it prints an order, I'm like, you got to watch it. I can't even do it justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Really yeah. fun show, exciting, dramatic, funny, um, just, yeah, it has everything, really nice. And one of those things I think, like, you know, my thing, like, this TV show should have been a movie. This one just about sustains the entire whatever it is, eight episodes 100%. or nine episodes. That so- episode
1: you're referring to, by the way, and again, no spoilers here, guys, but the penultimate episode, it's only 20 minutes long, but it is intense to the max it is one of those single shot episodes yeah and no digital transitions none of that fakery it's all one take and it is brilliant if that episode does not win awards then the universe is broken um i guess joe we keep saying that we are going to have a proper catch-up about movies and pop culture i guess that's going to get pushed into march post paris um, I did say I wanted to talk about Discord because I have to say there's been a lot of activity on the podcast discussion channel on the PokerStars Discord server. And oh, as ever, I'll remind everyone that there is a, a link in the podcast description. I um, want to give a shout out to Keen20122012 who said, only just got back into playing poker and I found this podcast. I absolutely love it. Currently on episode 224 By the end of next week, for the record, this is episode 267. uh, By the end of next week, I should have listened to them all. So Keen will hear this message. Oh, hey, Keen. Keep up the good work. This show has got to be one of the best podcasts I've listened to. Oh,
0: wow. He probably maybe hasn't listened to a ton of (laughs) podcasts. Anyway, for your consideration, once again, we're up for a Global Poker Award. More on that later. Thanks, Keen.
1: Hello. Nice, Nice to hear from you. And people also using... Uh, the podcast channel on the Discord server to talk about the work we did in the Bahamas. And I guess... That's fine. It's all part of the PokerStars content universe. We can share. Um, Man says, Can I just say one epic 10 days? Couldn't watch all, but what I did watch was brilliant. And against all the chat pros' views, the poker was excellent. Big shout out to PokerStars for putting on two excellent tournaments and a big thank you to all of the commentators. Sampai, said, I'd like to echo the comments. Streaming for both PCA and PSPC was absolutely superb. I felt awful for everyone on the team when the stream dropped during the final table. What an absolute nightmare. Well done and working through it calmly and professionally. Watching the end was a huge thrill. Thank you, guys. Um, and those are just two of the comments I'm picking out, but we generally appreciate all the kind words. Thank you for all the feedback. Um, it was hard work, but I'm going to say it was entertaining. I'm going to say it was rewarding. Let's get into it, shall we? We do it for the- did it for the glory joe and we were pretty excited we were pretty fired up going there and i don't think it disappointed i had a really good time this is one of my favorite events in a long time
0: i would say that not only did it not disappoint but um i don't think that we would have gotten through with the amount of enthusiasm and energy that we did had it not been so great like we had the potential of really burning out. We were there for what, sixteen days? Sixteen nights we stayed there, yeah. Yeah. Sixteen nights starting with the skits, doing links, doing morning, um, obviously doing the morning desk segments. Uh, you know, they were pretty full on days, even though the, the the days that the players played didn't go n- as long as some of the other events we had done over the last year. We were still up and at work by 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock every day, finishing around 10, 10.30, 11 o'clock every night. And as you said before, I think the reason why all of that worked, and it, you know, it was still hard work, but it wasn't like complete complete torture was that it was rewarding it felt really good every day when that broadcast started it looked good i was proud to be a part of it a bunch of our bosses were there our bosses bosses our bosses 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 were there and everyone was in a good mood everyone was having a good time everyone appreciated the work we were doing it all was worth it in my opinion
1: Yeah, I think that's an excellent summary. I also think we benefited from what I call the big flip, the fact that unlike 2019 where we started with the PSPC and then went into the PCA, the fact that we used the PCA main event, which is still a very prestigious 10K tournament, and this year in particular, uh, but then we ended with the crescendo. We built, we genuinely built that momentum towards the 25K, towards the PSPC, and went out on such a high on that final day.
0: Yeah, it wasn't just a momentum build for us, I don't think, either. I think for the players, too, yes, that it worked out absolutely. it worked out better. Um, it was the first time that I had ever heard, and I don't know. I, I I Look, I don't like it when people make statements like this, so I'm actually, I would love for people on Discord to weigh in, and if I'm wrong, I'll certainly um, listen to the other opinions, but given that's so fresh in my mind, I'm just wondering, was this maybe the toughest 10K tournament of all time? That's uh, a pretty really um, good question. It just, there were people, I'd never heard this before. I heard professional poker players say, I might skip the 10K. It's going to be too tough. I'm just going to come in for the 25K. I mean, when have you ever heard that? But that was the case. Obviously, we know why the PSPC would have been a little bit softer. But the fact that this 10K was brutal. And not only did it bring out, Tons and tons of the people were used to crushing our main events, but we saw people that we didn't really know of people. We really hadn't heard about before a lot of people, especially coming out of North America who I was like, Oh, this this guy's got like American flag next to his name. He's probably like having a bit of a punt. No, these people were also very, very good players. It was
1: stacked in the main event. I completely agree. And I think it made for a really good live stream because we were never short of strong feature tables to choose from. I think the TV shows, when they go into post-production, are going to be awesome because there are so many familiar faces, so many strong players, uh, so many great hands. Yeah, it was was a fun one to follow. And then, that's not where it ends. Then we get the PSPC itself, an event which, I don't want to labour the point, but some people had been waiting nearly three and a half years for. The expectation was high. And for it to finally arrive, to have that moment when all those Spanish qualifiers came into the room on that first day, and then we were able to get the action started with Bruce Buffer doing his thing again, just like he did in 2019, it was like away we go. And it did not disappoint.
0: Yeah, I. I Just to echo that, I think I I talked about it on the day. It's worth recapping now, obviously, since this is our PSPC recap, that... The energy that morning, James, I know that you couldn't really appreciate it until you were done with your bits. Actually, it was kind of funny seeing this because you guys know at this point that me, when I have the microphone at the end of the event and I'm interviewing the winner and I'm standing on stage and everyone's watching it, that's the most stressful thing for me. Like, I hate it. It really stresses me out. I don't want to mess it up. I want to do a good job. And James had to do that at the beginning of this one. So I had a feeling that, James, you probably couldn't really take it in until after you were done with that bit but once you did man i'm jaded all the time like this is a job been here done that i was like holy shit this is fucking cool this shit there's a fucking very cool room in there right now
1: there's a lot of cynicism in poker and it's very easy if you've been around the game for a number of years to become jaded it was impossible to be jaded that day And I guess a good starting point, Joe, is to pick up on where we finished things before the event. We checked in with the people who've been waiting longer than anyone else to play, which was the five players from the Chase Your Dream promotion in Barcelona, who you dubbed the Platinum Five. How awesome is it that three of the five, the majority, made the money?
0: Yeah, uh, quite quite good, actually. And uh, like a relief, because those are real people those aren't like it's not like me patting mike watson on the back and being like oh gg buddy like you'll get them next time like this truly was a once in a lifetime opportunity i'd want to say for the majority of the platinum five also you know who knows some of the a couple of them seem like they maybe want to continue on and maybe take poker more seriously but
1: for sure i think you know for adrian this was obviously a great bankroll booster um for christoph i genuinely believe it was a life-changing moment. I mean, I saw him the next day after he'd been eliminated, after he'd cashed out for a not insignificant sum of money. And I said, are you happy? And he said, that's not the word I'd use right now. I'm overwhelmed. And obviously he was happy, but the whole experience at times was incredibly stressful. He said he got a headache during the bubble and I can believe it because that bubble went on for like, what, two hours?
0: Yeah, I can't imagine that kind of stress. You know, I, I've talked a few times before about having been free rolled in events, and I still consider myself to be on the same level, both financially and poker experience wise. That if I get free rolled in a fifteen hundred dollar event, and like the min cash is twenty eight hundred, I really, really, really want that min cash, right? Like that bubble yeah. from zero to twenty eight. And so, I've I can only imagine someone being whatever that is, whatever that exponential factor is, 20 times more stressed out during that bubble than I would have been. I I didn't, I I, I was somewhat envious of some of the people who got to play this event, but to have been clinging on during the bubble with like one and two big blinds to go from total free roll to cashing for 30, what is it? $35,000 for the min cash. Good Lord. I cannot even fathom that kind of stress.
1: Not at all. Um, Sadly, I don't think that any of the people who won Platinum Passes, courtesy of this podcast, managed to make the money. Chad, Asif, and Alex, I don't think cashed. But I did see Chad and his partner on the final night, and I think it's fair to say they had an awesome time in the Bahamas. And we're obviously very grateful for the experience. Um, That last night, by the way, um, (laughs) is it possible the reason why we're still feeling so rough is because of the after party at Bond?
0: It could be maybe for you, but for me, I you remember, I, I shot my eye out. I I don't know if you're, you you obviously remember this because so when we finished on that night, it was a reasonable hour, and y'all were like, "I'm gonna eat dinner," like I'm gonna eat the crew dinner, and I was like, "Not me." <clears throat> I'm say I'm having liquid calories tonight. Like no dinner for me. And then about one thirty, I was maybe one fifteen. I was in the club and I was like, sort of slurring my words, and I was like. <laughs> uh oh no good no good can come from me being here i have to leave right now it wasn't quite the irish goodbye but it was good night good night see you tomorrow bye good night and i went back to my room and so maria was out with uh, arden show who is uh, an actress who ended up being a guest during the pspc and they were like playing high limit baccarat and i you know me james i like to go hang out with the actors and so i went to my room and i was like i just need like five minutes to compose myself and then i'll be back downstairs and i ended up ghosting both of them i did not get back up that was it for me but i left everyone else turns out stapes is the is the big loser that couldn't Stay out, and everyone else was still awake when I went to bed, so I don't even know what kind of shenanigans happened after that.
1: All I will say is that Partigan was back with a vengeance, dude. Yes! Uh, Talking (laughs) of actors, we were blessed with the presence of David Costabile, who, of course, was a guest on this podcast a few years back. uh, Known for Breaking Bad, known for Billions, The Wire, Suits... Fantastic guy. Enjoyed having him on the feature table on the first day of the PSPC. He joined us in the commentary booth for an hour. Um, obviously, talking about the experience of being there and just an opportunity for a couple of nerds like us to just ask questions about all of the TV shows he's been in.
0: It was cool. Obviously, on a personal level, it was cool. But also, if I can give, uh, if I could give a little bit of a compliment to the audience, uh, our audience was very kind and very cool to David Costabile. I always expect that our audience is maybe going to be a little jaded and be like, where's George Clooney? Where's Leonardo DiCaprio? And everyone was like really into David. And like, it was cool to see that people, everyone recognized him from something, which was, which was really neat. And he was fun. He, you know, he, uh, what another thing that I appreciate about him that a lot of times is that, celebrities don't know what they don't know about poker yeah and he seems very well aware that there's plenty he doesn't know about poker so that was just really really fun overall absolutely had a blast
1: i think david was our secondary feature table the first feature table we had alexandra botez who was absolutely bossing it during the first half of the first day of the tournament and poor ramon got off to a shocker and didn't didn't have a a great PSPC at all. Having had a deep run in the PCA main event, can we give a shout out to the fact that Ramon, yet again, was the longest lasting team pro in a main event?
0: Yeah, that by by the way, Ramon's entire story obviously is like it was a huge part of this entire trip. Watching him go so deep in the PCA main; didn't go as deep in the PSPC, but it felt like he could have. Like it yes. was it, it, it was a sort of a kind of a fitting end, like his story coming full circle and having yeah. him. Uh, but Alexandra did befuddle him a little bit and a bunch of other people. Obviously, uh, is relatively new to poker, relatively new to tournament poker specifically and sort of watching her boss it was quite entertaining and i don't know that we have ever had a player that was more popular in our live chat than alexandra Botes. people continued asking about her for the next four days even though she was only on camera day one
1: um obviously should also mention sam grafton who made like the top 50-odd in the PCA main event and nearly made the final table of the PSPC. It was a great couple of tournaments for Sam and always love having him on a feature table. Let's talk about the players who did make the final table of the PSPC. And it was clear as soon as the prize pool was announced that those six players were all going to be guaranteed at least a million. So they were coming back for that final day, all guaranteed to be millionaires Two Platinum Pass winners at the FT, just as there were in 2019. But really, I I think the the guy who was in the spotlight coming into that final day was Nacho Barbero, who is a player with a lot of live experience, a lot of big results, who had a big chip lead coming into play on day five.
0: Uh, Not just a chip lead, but a momentum lead. Uh, It just felt like the Nacho show. Uh, He was playing well, running incredibly hot, just always seemed to come up with it. Um, you know, it was, was even when he got coolered, was finding the wins uh, when he yeah. needed to. I did sort of say that, like, I think that when they, you know, we played down to six and we called it a night, I was like, this is probably a bad thing for Nacho. Um, the fact that this momentum is very unlikely to continue overnight and I think that his opponents also are going to get a chance to sort of check out the game film and see what's been going on. Um, and then I guess I wasn't in the booth for it, but it, it, I think Nacho maybe kind of felt like it was the Nacho Show too because there was a there was a we'll just call it, there was a bit of confidence, maybe even overconfidence, coming from him at that on that final day. And uh, James, I still haven't even seen it. Yeah, I mean, what
1: exactly went on? So basically, there is a huge rail for Nicholas Toom, who's going to join us on the show in just a moment. For Flushy, all of the Twitch community is there, and obviously, Nacho appreciates the fact that this guy is, you know, not someone who would normally be in a 25k. Nacho's happy for him, he calls him his lucky mascot, and he's ch- chatting with the rail, talking to them, and then. He suddenly realizes the action's on him and he looks and sees that the players in the blinds, he's on the button, and the players in the blinds are relatively short. I think it's basically 16, 17 bigs effective. Okay. So he just makes a huge bet from the button, which is effectively enough to put them all in. What he's missed is that because he was talking to the rail, the under-the-gun player, the eventual champion, Alexander Shilko, has opened with jacks. And... He's okay. now made this bet. It's abundantly clear that he hadn't seen the under the gun open. He immediately goes, Oh, the blinds fold, it comes back to Shilko who moves all in, but Nacho has now lost nine million chips. I think he had like nine three or something ridiculous on the button. But had he been paying attention, he's never doing that. And he retains that huge chip lead.
0: Right. Okay. So yeah, obviously a pretty big misclick there. You know, as weird as that, um, so uh, we'll get to the rest of the final table in a second, but so the the day we're flying out, uh, I obviously didn't really want to be talking to anyone. I'd spent all week talking. I was obviously heard. I went to bed quite drunk. And so I tried to get on the plane last because I was sitting toward the front of the plane, and I didn't want to have to, like, chat with everyone who was coming by. And those Bahamas to Miami flights, everyone is on them. So I wait until they call, last call for the plane. I get on the plane and sit down. You know who gets on planes after last call? Poker players. Poker players. I missed no one. (laughs) Every single poker player still got on that plane after me, including Nacho, who I didn't really know what to say to. Like, I didn't know, I'd be like, oh, oh, hey, yeah, tough, tough run, tough, Yeah, like, yeah. I, it's hard to be like, you fucked up, like, there's no other way to put it, right, so.
1: Well, I want to read you this comment, Joe, from DMB London on our Discord. The coverage was as usual epic for your, s- thank you guys for your sterling work, although I must say, I was appalled by Nacho Barbero's behavior at the final table. That kind of petulance I expect from a five-year-old, not a so-called poker pro. He should be ashamed of himself.
0: I think I don't know. I think that's taking it a little too far. I think to say that Nacho fucked up is like pretty fair. Yeah. And I think that obviously that's why I'm saying it on this podcast, because I don't think he could argue with that either. Um, but it was really hard to like commiserate with him. And then when he did this thing that I was like, Well, at least I can only have this chat for as long as it takes the line to move. No. He stopped in the aisle oh, and wow. continued talking to me and held up everyone else behind him. And I was like, Uh, yeah, as a bummer, man, we're all rooting for you. Like, just trying to end the conversation however I could, and eventually someone behind him was like, move!
1: (laughs) Well, you've already (laughs) alluded to the fact that something else weird happened at the final table. By the way, just to skip forward to the conclusion, um, we did have a platinum pass winner heads up for the title, but Max Menzel had to settle for a second-place finish worth just shy of $3 million after the two did a deal. Alexander Shilko. Uh, The Belarusian player was the champion for $3.1 million. But yes, the player who we kind of came into the final day, and you don't want to be biased. You don't want to come into the final table with a favorite, with someone who you want to win. But you could not help but root for Nicholas Toom, who I'm pleased to say is able to join us on this week's podcast, the man they call Flushy. Nicholas, welcome to Poker in the
2: Ears. Great to be here. Thank you so much, James.
1: And obviously, congratulations on an incredible result in the PSPC. But I want to begin at the beginning, at the very beginning. For anyone who doesn't know your story, tell us about yourself. Where are you from? What do you do? How did you enter this weird, wonderful world that is poker?
2: So I'm uh, Nicholas. I'm 29 years old and uh, from Germany. I um, work in accounting at my parents' uh, company. And I got into the world of poker by just watching um, a lot of broadcasts in the past years of um, the EPTs, of um, some major online events. And I was always a big poker fan, playing some games, trying to get um, used to the strategy involved. And um, after some years of just doing it, um, I uh, discovered the data Stream competition by Poker Stars, which was um, the second edition. It was, uh, in November, 2021, and there were 300 people participating from all over the world, um, looking for the next ambassador for Pokestars and, um, peace and love Sebastian Huber from Austria, um, was the well-deserved winner. I think he's also, um, yeah, a great guy. He's a good friend of, of me and of all the data streamers, um, I got awarded a Platinum Pass um, in the same competition for community support. And, um, yeah, it was like a surprise. I was really honored to get it. And that's how I ended up in the Bahamas.
1: Okay. So there's there's, there's, there's a few pieces along the way I want to kind of fill in, a few gaps in the story. Sure, you're sure. Like. Um, so obviously you were a poker fan. You're watching a lot of content. Obviously you start to play at the point this competition comes along. So this is 2021 how much poker are you playing at
2: this point and what kind of stakes are you playing? So um I was just playing micro stakes recreational. Um I was still working and uh, studying and um yeah I I did not move up in the stakes uh, ever since so I I played micro stakes just to get used to the game and I yeah never thought I would end up playing at 25k. No.
1: <laughs> The competition comes along, and the the clue is in the title, Dare to Stream, and the idea is to try and inspire people to start streaming. Had you dabbled at all with doing anything on Twitch before that, or was it literally a a journey into the
2: unknown? I mean, I I streamed like three or four sessions back in 2018, but then I I stopped again because uh, I think it's really hard to start out if you don't know anybody. So um, I stopped streaming again. Was more like was more like a lurker in chats and tried to connect with people. But um, the data stream competition really helped me uh, to boost that. So I got to know so many people uh, at once. It was really hard to yeah even catch up with everyone. But it's just great. I mean that's how what Twitch is all about. You get to know people from all over the world, and yeah, you can connect with them and you have friends from all over the world.
0: So uh, when it comes to community support, uh, I've got a question a two part question. One is, uh, what does that mean exactly? Uh, And two, did you know you were doing it when you were doing it? Did you say, I'm going to be community support? Or did you just start off as a supportive person that they later figured out a name for?
2: Um, I think um, the second is true so um, when I was doing it, the community support, I was just um, trying to be helpful and I thought about how I struggled when I got into Twitch and um, so I just tried to help people who I saw that were struggling like I was struggling back in the days with setting up um, the stream, the overlays, the emotes. But also how to be a streamer and how to interact with the chat and with the people and um, so yeah i think it was like a natural thing for me i did not think about okay i'm gonna be number one supporter i just try to be helpful but then i i saw how um, how much joy this was for um, everyone in the competition and um, i think from the start it was my mission to make um, the competition inclusive to everyone so that was f- something I had from the start, but just uh, yeah, just by doing, just by entering the competition, just by streaming and helping others, I figured out that this is something that I really enjoy. Just by just during doing it, so while doing it.
0: So okay, because one thing that I feel like that um, it let's say were there were to be another PSPC, I think that people start doing things because they want a platinum pass, right? So people start. Tweeting certain things or start lobbying. And this was not... You didn't know there was going to be a Platinum Pass for doing this. You just did it because you saw that it's... Look, I've, I've tried to stream before. And I've had really nice members of the community who helped me for free. And I couldn't believe it because it is a business. It's like helping someone set up a business. So you truly just enjoyed this aspect of it and seeing people like it off and running S- seriously. Mm. He's, he's, he's so stoic about it. He's like, yeah, I did. Thank you very much.
2: <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, it's, it's, still. I, I still don't process what's going on. Just sitting here with you now. It's like, um, I always, dreamed <laughs> of. I always dreamed of being like a super fan on the show and just, just being here now. Now I'm sitting here and uh, doing an interview with you guys. So I'm absolutely honored and oh that's
1: you're, you're, you're too kind i mean we're, we're thrilled that you could, could join we're like us. do
2: you think we'll be able to get nicholas like
0: do you think he'll do our yeah, show he's, like so, he's so don't he's worry about it man now. it's <laughs> like you know he's just
1: had a seven figure score um so i'm assuming therefore just to kind of pick up on what joe was saying it was a huge shock a huge surprise to you when this prize came from nowhere at the end of the competition yeah
2: def- definitely so um i thought Um, obviously I was also entering because I think there was a likelihood that I would maybe win the competition, but um, that was never like number one goal. Number one goal was like um, just making new friends and uh, seeing it like a booster for my own stream, but also for uh, other people's stream. And I think uh, on Twitch, um, people are just generally really helpful. And um, I think when I... um, when I learned about the data stream happening, I was in a restaurant with Timo, with my boyfriend. And um, when I, I showed the the email uh, of the promotion to him, he was like, "Wow, um, that's really nice." And I said, "Yeah, if I enter, I think it will be uh, taking up a lot of time because you have to connect with people." And then yeah. he said, "Yeah, but but do it. It's like it's like the biggest booster to to your stream, and you can help others and." That's how I entered, so I I was just happy to enter, and then um, getting the plot in the past was just yeah I, I didn't know what to say because there were many people supporting the community. Seems that a lot of people um, yeah thought that I was doing it in a very special way, but um, yeah the community in general was really helpful, and yeah people people entering were great.
0: I wanted to talk to you about Timo for a second, actually. Is he someone that you met as being a part of Twitch also? Because I know a lot of relationships have developed over the years between our various mods and community members and all this. So is, is Timo someone that's also involved in the online world? Or he's someone you just know
2: IRL? Um, I got to know Timo IRL. But um, we share the same passion, show, so he also watches a lot of Twitch streams. It's not, it's not poker what he watches, but but more gaming. Um, but yeah, we, we met IRL um, at a birthday party of a joint um, best friend of us. And um, so yeah, we got to know in real life. So I think I'm right
1: in saying at the point that you won the Platinum Pass, the when and the where was still wasn't known right you had this ticket to play a tournament that didn't have a venue or a date
2: yeah
1: and what goes through your mind at that point it's like oh my god i'm gonna have to put a lot of work in uh great i get a free holiday and i just get to play a bit of poker what was your approach knowing that at some point in the future you were going to get to participate in the pspc
2: so i think my first reaction was um that I was just happy to go there and to meet all the people. So I uh, I never was like, oh, there's a lot of money involved. I, I need to win this uh, just for, for winning money or anything. But um, I was just happy to see, wow, I can meet like um, the who's who of the poker world. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't know where it would take place. So I think at that point, I thought it was going to be Barcelona. But um, yeah, I was like, "Wow!" Um, regardless of where it takes place, the who's who of the poker world is there, and I will get to meet them all. I think um, at those events, time is always short, so I could not meet everyone. But that's not the point. But I think I ran into Joe at the bar. I think just before day one. Sounds about right. Yeah,
1: just, the, the story checks out. Yeah. Yeah,
2: <laughs> and I was just I was just happy to meet all the people um it was taking more than a year for me to uh, yeah from winning the past to to getting to play the psbc yeah. i think um because of the situation in the world some people even waited longer and oh, yeah. um so, so during that year i also figured out wait um this is actually a great opportunity to meet people but i should also do the work in put the work in because it's a once in a lifetime chance because usually I, with my $12 average buy-in recreational, I will not play 25K um, that easy. So, no. so um, yeah, that's when I also started to push my um, poker strategy and worked on the game a lot.
0: So obviously you are pretty happy with your result. You didn't seem like the kind of person that was like, oh man, i was so close to winning. It seems like you're pretty satisfied were you satisfied with the amount of work that you put in leading up to it? Do you feel as if that studying helped you? Can you think of particular situations where maybe you would have handled it differently or wrong had you not put that work in?
2: Definitely. I think, um, so at first, um, I'm really happy about the sixth place, um, because it was a great moment for poker that everybody at the table hugged each other. I think it's, Yeah, it's rare in poker that everybody gets along with everybody that well. It's true. And uh, poker is competitive, I get it. But um, the respect to each other, that's what really showed at this final table. So that's my biggest achievement, I think, at this final table, or like something I was part of. And um, with the study, I think if I had not put that in, I would have handled some situations really differently. Because when you start out with poker strategy... You learn some uh, charts, some ranges, um, how to handle a situation. But when I studied, I really learned how to adapt to different scenarios. So, um, for example, the lineup. So my my table draw on day one, I was uh, getting to my table and somebody sitting just uh, on the opposite of the table on the other side was um, Mustafa Khaneth. So I thought, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right,
0: exactly. <laughs>
2: so, um, but then I remembered of, of what I learned in the studies and I really learned how to adapt. Like um, if you're sitting, for example, in middle position and you are um, thinking about open raising a hand, if you look at the people sitting behind you in the blinds at the button, you can make adaptions. And um, I think I really, yeah, made good adaptions. So that's what I did differently because of all the study. If I had not studied, I would have just played like autopilot. And I think I would have uh, gained less chips because of that. So my stack would have been smaller at every stage of the tournament. And eventually I would have busted earlier.
0: Okay. Very good answer to that question. Thank you. The next thing I wanted to ask you was about, the you know, I've referred to you a couple times on today's show as the people's champion. People really were rooting for you. Um, You had the Twitch community, the PokerStars Twitch community. Um, And it seemed really fun. But I just want to double check was there extra pressure from that seeing everyone counting on you? You were sort of playing for everyone else, for all the platinum pass winners who didn't quite go so far um, to know that you had that many people rooting for you. Was that pure joy or was there like a little bit of extra pressure on there too, that maybe wasn't that was stressful?
2: Um, <clears throat> I think to me, it was not stressful at all, which might be a Great. little bit of a surprise. But I think me being there and representing the whole Twitch poker community, the whole data stream community, um, just was an absolute honor. And um, I think nobody would have been like um, disappointed if I busted. Even if I busted on day one, nobody would have said, Well, you um, made a mistake or you played it wrong. I think everybody was just having my back and. Just knowing this, yeah, was uh, giving so much energy to me and to my mindset that it was just pure, um, pure help, pure help, yeah.
1: Well, well, let's let's go back to the beginning then. Let's go back even before day one. So you arrive in the Bahamas and the night before the PSPC starts, there is the welcome drinks party for all of the Platinum Pass winners, the 400 people who have qualified for this event. Joe, you and I walked down to the venue, and we were 15 minutes early. It was due to start, I think, at 7 o'clock. Yeah. It was close to 7, and there were already 200 people queuing, waiting to get in. And that's when you knew this is going to be a great crowd. These are people who are here for it. They want it, and they're ready for it. And that's a tough one, right? Because you could have a really big night, but you know you've got to play this 25K the next day.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to that at all. I think that, obviously, I'd like to hear what what Nicholas' situation was there that night. I think that some people overdid it anyway, um, but not you, I'm guessing.
2: Um, no, I, I really try to just have one Bahama Mama. <laughs> <laughs> I ended up having two, but that's also fine. I think it's all about finding the right balance between enjoying this once-in-a-lifetime chance, but also opportunity and um, still having fun with everyone else. I think um, I found the right balance. Uh, I connected with a lot of people. I also knew a lot of um, the past winners from uh, before the PSPC because we had some opportunities to connect with each other with like a Facebook group. And um, we had a meeting in Cologne with Felix XFix Schneiders. and I think all the other pass winners from the other countries also had those opportunities. We had some competitions to get to know each other, and that was just really great. So it, it felt like meeting a lot of friends. The time was obviously short, so I would have loved to be there for longer, but that's always with these events. So I think I was disciplined about going to bed early. And uh yeah, it paid off it paid off.
1: A hundred percent. So day one, you, you've already referenced the fact that you did there's no such thing as an easy table draw in a 25K buy right? And you've mentioned you had Mustafa Canet, but I mean, Joe and I were referencing the fact that that room felt electric at the start of day one. In no small part, thanks to the presence of all those Spanish qualifiers when they all came in together in their hats. I mean, in a way, does that help relax you in the sense that it looks like everyone's just
2: here to have a good time? I think so, yeah, because I also did have a good time and um, thought about just having a good time. So um, seeing everyone enjoying themselves just um, also um, made me feel like this is a 25K event, but it's not like a pure competition. Everybody coming in with hoodie, sunglasses and everything on before the tournament even starts. But people were talking to each other, chatting to each other. So I think this is like a great community event. And it's not all about winning or final tabling an event like this. It's it's more about participating, which is already so much fun. How did you find the
1: experience of playing a five-day tournament? You know, the first day is grueling enough, then you've got to come back for the second day, and you're still not in the money.
2: Um, It's definitely a marathon and not a sprint. So it's not only about um, playing poker for 10 hours a day. Having some breaks where you need to get food, um, it, it's also about yeah um, how you sleep, what you do after the tournament. Um, for example, uh, GJ Reggie was at the final table of the women's event, so that started the day before day one of the PSBC. And after we backed at day one, we came back to the final table to rail there, and uh, yeah, it, it was like what what do I do now? Do I do I go to bed and sleep now, or do I still uh, go there show some support and I, I did show the support I was sitting there with my laptop and uh, going through some ranges and concepts I, I took some notes on for day two so I think um, yeah it, it, it really was a marathon and um, I had to put in a lot of work but I enjoyed every moment of it that's how somehow I had to su- it felt like I had superpowers just because of the environment just because of being there and all the people being so positive
1: And the bubble on day three, what was that like for you? Were you, was it comfortable? You didn't have to worry, you had a reasonable stack? Or were you one of those people just kind of like thinking, I've got a few more orbits and then I have to do something?
2: Um, I um, chipped up big time on day two. So that made me uh, really uh, comfortable in the bubble phase. I think I had like 60 big blinds. The bubble was a tough one and a long one, uh, though it was lasting three and a half hours, I think, to make yeah. 10 people bust. And um, before the start of the, of day three, I was just saying to myself, please, uh, Poker Gods, give me some some easy decisions. And I ended up getting really, really weak holdings and two times aces. So that was perfect. <laughs> Amazing! Those are the easiest decisions in the world. <laughs> it it was the it was the easiest task ever, and people saw that I was tight. So at one point I squeezed with aces and got all the folds. Picked up six blinds. Another time I was um, shoving all in, cold, cold four, but shoving all in with aces. But um, because people um, saw me playing, saw that I was folding for an hour straight, and I was a pass winner. I think I used that to my advantage. I tried to look a little bit scared um, at some h- hands. I folded like, like if it was a hand I wanted to play, but I then folded. Like I, I think I had some queen jack, king jack, and type of hands. I really took my time before folding. So that made people assume that my range is basically stronger. And then with ACES, I just got the folds. I mean, of course it's it's more EV to get a call with ACES, but on the bubble of a 25k where even the min-cash is life-changing money.
1: Yeah, you're you're fine with
2: it. You're you're fine with it, right?
0: You're totally fine with it. I want to talk about the other bubble. And I realize it might be difficult to sort of pinpoint how you were feeling in any given moment, right? Because it's like a slow... It's a marathon of emotions, too, not just of poker playing. But the other bubble being going from seven to six players when... You've made the final day and you're guaranteed a million dollars. Granted, you're guaranteed close to a million dollars even before that. But I would imagine there had to be some precipice there, some big jump in emotions when you made that other seven-figure bubble.
2: Definitely. So um, that was, I think, the first or second time in the tournament where I felt enormous pressure. Because I started to think about the amount of money up until that point, it was like, oh, I'm playing a tournament. It's so so much fun playing with all these um, high profile players. Also, the, the chips, the TV table, it was all so much fun to just be there. Even if, if it was a free will, I would have loved to participate. But then I was looking at the payouts more and more. And I saw, wow, I always dreamed of maybe some someday uh, winning the Sunday Million, and then there's a price jump of just double the first price for the Sunday Million, just if one player busts. And that was just feeling crazy. But then I, I looked at the rail and the people rooting for me, and then I was calm again, I think, because then I also said to myself, it is a big price money difference, but yeah. I, I achieved so much already, so... Um, enjoy every moment of it i I said to myself enjoy every moment don't think about the money and regardless of how how i bust now uh it will be yeah it will be my story
1: it certainly felt like you were coming into the final table with that mindset almost like no expectations everything from here on out is just even better and joe and i already referenced the fact that we had that huge misclick from nacho at the start of the final table where he was distracted by your railing crew if that was part of their plan it worked (laughs) Um, and then bizarrely i think almost like a couple of hands later and i'm sure you've seen the clips philippe folds the best hand
2: at showdown and you get a pot that you should not have won i i only saw it in the replay of course um but um i i was already really happy that i won the hand I, I thought like oh what 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 is he having if he if i if i beat him here with, with this <laughs> know, hand right? so i was i was already giving up the hand but just checking back um more because i think i could have maybe been more aggressive there if if i jammed river i would have uh, folded his um i think pair of fours it was, it was A
1: pair of fours yeah
2: yeah I, I would have folded him out i guess especially because everyone was um thinking I was rather tired and I was rather tired, but um, yeah, I was surprised by uh, winning this hand. And then when I saw the replay, I was like, oh wow, how did this happen? I, I couldn't explain it. But Turns I was... out I
0: didn't win the hand.
1: <laughs> I I I think what it shows is that everyone coming into that final day was probably exhausted and also probably feeling the kind of pressure of the situation and people make mistakes. Um, obviously, obviously, Going out in sixth place, I, I know that obviously it's, it, it was a, a great moment and you have no regrets about it. Our biggest regret, in addition to not seeing you ladder up further, was that we lost the amazing rail that we had at the final yeah. table because obviously every single fan, or at least 90% of the fans who turned up for that final table, were on your side.
2: It was... Uh, I. I, I... I don't. I I didn't uh, saw that um, when I was there because I was obviously also leaving the tournament area because I I think all the pressure just fell from my shoulders. Yeah. Um. Even even when I did not feel the pressure during the tournament, this was the moment that everything fell off my shoulders, and um. Yeah, I was just going to the pool celebrating with the whole rail, and uh, yeah. Um. I I have never experienced something like that before, that like 90%, as you said, of the way, we're just rooting for one person.
0: Yeah. But did um, you? Did you pick up the tab at the pool?
2: um, (laughs) Of course. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And when you did that, was it like a big enough number that you already felt like it was life changing money? Because you could just pay off this eight or nine hundred or fifteen maybe it was in the thousands of dollars tab and you're like this is who cares bro there you go did you get to have that moment
2: yeah it it, it was it was the first moment i realized um that i can um yeah celebrate uh, this win now and just pay the bill without even thinking about it nice but uh, before that it would have been like um a month's salary and uh it doesn't mean that I will um, yeah, spend my money um, recklessly now, but celebrating in the right moment is really, really good. And also for processing everything. And also I wanted to reward the people rating for me and rooting for me. And yeah, right. I, think, I think I can support the Twitch community on an even bigger scale now because there are opportunities for the future for me thinking about maybe doing streaming As a permanent gig and um yeah um once that starts i think i can even support people yeah well that was gonna be
1: that was gonna be my final question nicholas is what is the plan now because you had said coming into the final table that you didn't want to leave the family business and even though you've made this huge amount of money that you weren't going to make any major life changes have you had a chance to rethink
2: that now uh, definitely. Good so I'm, I'm gonna uh, stay uh, at the family business until they found uh, like a solution to it. So I think at least for this year, and um, I think they will find somebody who can do the accounting as good as I did. Um, but I don't want to let them down because just winning life changing money does not mean that I need to change the life of others in a negative way. So I will just take some what time. a
0: fucking sweetheart you are Geez. <laughs> man i'd be like this is all about me now we're gonna play by my rules or i'm fucking out of here and you're like oh well, just because something good happened to me doesn't mean i have to like mess up my parents business man sorry i didn't mean to interrupt but you're really something kid let me tell you
1: look the most important thing is that we don't see you in monte carlo firing off multiple bullets in the 100k <laughs>
2: Definitely not. So um, I think uh, the first stream back, I was playing my old buy again online. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I took down the $11 Octopus, the eight game. <laughs> wow. Good for, for you. Jesus. So that, that was really a great feeling. And um, yeah, I think I will get into it very slowly. But the long plan definitely is to um, yeah stream more poker and um, maybe do it full-time. Professionally in the future, maybe after this year concluded, trying to move somewhere and uh, get it started.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, Before we release you back into the wild, Joe, I believe you have concocted a ridiculous game for nicholas to play on yeah this podcast. nicholas
0: do you want to play a stupid game i've I, I i didn't realize look i knew that you were a poker fan i didn't know you were actually a fan of the podcast or any of the broadcasts we do you know lots of times when it's people from other countries i don't assume that they tune into the english stuff but you can have the full guest treatment right now uh this game i just made a stupid game about your name this is just called uh, it's pretty grim um Who's buried in Nicholas' tomb uh, And it's just uh, I'm so sorry Question, it's easy, multiple choice A bunch of dumb puns about your name Here we go Uh, In the movie Event Horizon Which character Utters this phrase This place is a tomb Is it Morpheus played by Lawrence Fishburne Captain Miller played by Lawrence Fishburne the Bowery King, played by Lawrence Fishburne, or Cowboy Curtis, played by Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> you can Hector a Hardigan on this one if you want to. You can you can phone a friend. James Hardy can help you.
2: Uh, I I'm really bad when it comes to remembering movie. Uh, okay, movie I'm life. I'm going to help you
1: out here. Morpheus is the character in The Matrix. The Bowery King is the character Lawrence Fishburne plays in the John Wick movies. I have no idea who Cowboy Curtis is, so I'm going to guess that it's Captain Miller.
0: All right. Do you, you want to go with Captain Miller, Nicholas? I, I think so. Yeah, I'm going to go with Captain Miller. Captain Miller is correct. Lawrence Fishburne from the movie Event Horizon. Cowboy Curtis is the character that he played that uh, Lawrence Fishburne played on Pee Wee's Playhouse.
1: See, I would have preferred an Apocalypse Now reference. But anyway, Um, moving
0: on. All right, here we go. Question number two. Maybe this one's a little more uh, easy to get. Uh, Which Arnold Schwarzenegger character wants you to know it's not a (laughs) Tuma? Is it Detective John Kimball, Conan the Barbarian, Dr. Alex Hesse, or the Terminator? I
2: think it's...
0: Dr. Alex Hester. Alex Hesser was the doctor he played in Junior. But unfortunately, it was Detective John Kimball, the kindergarten cop, okay. who wants you to know it is not a tomb. All right, here we go. Now, this one is, uh, is an Americanism, but I think it's made its way around the world. Uh, this is a trivia question. And the question is, who is buried in Grant's tomb?
1: Who is buried in Grant's tomb? Is it? got to be obvious, right? There could only one grant who this could be.
0: American film legend Cary Grant. (laughs) U.S. Civil War General Ulysses S. Grant. The U.S. Civil War General's wife, Julia Grant. Or Chicago Bulls legend Horace Grant.
2: (laughs) I I feel so embarrassed now. (laughs) I just know. (laughs) <laughs> Not being able to answer a single question. <laughs> you can answer this one.
1: Uh, I, I, please, it, d- just out of interest, did Ulysses S. Grant really have a wife called Julia, it, or, or are you just making that up?
0: Uh, that one, I, I, I googled it, but I don't know. I can't say for sure, but yes, it did come up as Julia Grant. I, I have no idea,
2: to
0: be honest. There's only one wrong answer here. You have a three in four chance of getting it right.
2: Can can you repeat the answers, please?
0: American film legend Cary Grant, U.S. Civil War General Ulysses S. Grant, his wife Julia, or Chicago Bulls legend Horace Grant.
2: I think I'm going to go with Chicago
0: Bulls legend Horace Grant. Chicago Bulls legend Horace Grant is the only one of those people who is not dead. So he's the only incorrect answer. I would have accepted any other answer as to who is buried in Grant's tomb. So, Nicholas, I know that you didn't grow up in America. It's like a common thing like to test how dumb a person is by saying who's buried in Grant's tomb and literally the answer is Grant. That's it. I was trying to give you a gimme there. Luckily, you got a million dollars to make yourself to wipe your tears with when you get... Uh, <laughs> when you get shellacked in this quiz.
1: Can can I can I point out that American film legend Cary Grant was born Archibald Leach in Bristol, England?
0: I thought that might've been a thing actually too, anyway.
1: So uh, basically I'm gonna say that that makes that question null and void, so that one doesn't count. Cary Grant
0: is still buried in in Grant's tomb. All right, question (laughs) number four. Which of the following is not a material in which you can purchase a piece of Toomey luggage? Okay, which one of these things can you not buy a Toomey suitcase? Is it ballistic nylon, titanium, tegris, or unobtainium? What was the last answer? Unobtainium. I think it's
2: unobtainium.
0: That is correct. Unobtainium does not exist. It is made up for the movie Avatar. Question number five. So he's
1: two and two right now, right? Two and Sorry, two. Sorry, are you genu- telling me that, that unobtainium is a thing in Avatar? You've never seen Avatar? I've seen it, but I don't remember
0: unobtainium. That's the thing that they're like collecting on the planet. Really? It's called unobtainium. Fucking yeah. It's,
1: it's, it's that's probably why I've forgotten it already. Stupid.
0: All right, question number five. Khartoum is the capital of which African country? Is it. The capital of Sudan, South Sudan, Chad, or Chode. This poor kid.
2: I think... I think we played Geoguessr on the plane and we were just laughing because it was not possible to get it right because with your finger you couldn't get it right. It just feels the same right now that I'm just trying to point on the map and (laughs) I'm just touching like three or four countries. Um, I'm going to go with uh, Sudan. Sudan is correct. Let's go. Well done.
0: All right. You're back in the lead now. Uh, This one there's no chance You should know it I was getting to the point now Where I figured you wouldn't know anymore Um, In the country of Costa Rica There's a company called Tomb T-U-M-M What kind of service does Tomb provide? Are they an internet service provider An electricity provider A legal services provider Or a hang glider provider?
2: I think I need to guess again, but just from the yeah the the, the just from the answer, I think the one of the answers that is really hard to just make up is hang glider provider. So I'm going to go with that.
1: It's not <laughs> hard for Joe Stapleton to make up stupid <laughs> answers like that. I'm going to guess, tube sounds like it should be an ISP. It sounds like it should be providing internet.
0: It is an internet service provider. Right. That's correct. All right. All, right. All right. One last question here. A fun one to close things out. Which of the following songs is not a track by the rapper Toom Tom? Is it Prostitute Remix, Bad Chicks, Old Dallas Ass N-Word, or Reading Books and Practicing Mindfulness? I think the last answer. You think that... <laughs> the last answer doesn't fit with Prostitute Remix, Bad Chicks, and a, and a, and a song title containing the N word. Exactly. You are correct. Reading books and practicing mindfulness is not a song by the rapper Tum Tum, Nicholas. Thank you very much for your time.
1: time. I'm going to say thank you that that was probably more stressful than playing the final table of the PSPC. <laughs> and for that, I apologize. And also less rewarding in terms of financial gain. <laughs> uh, but congratulations once again, Nicholas. And thank you so much for talking to us. Um, we loved watching you go deep in the event. And it's been great speaking to you today.
2: Thank you so much, uh, James and Joe. I really hope to run into you at some major live events just to say hi and stay, stay awesome.
0: And buy me a beer. No problem.
1: (laughs) As we established at the start of the show, lots to get through on this episode, so I don't want to spend too much time on this, but we have to mention that the Global Poker Award nominations did come out during the PCA, and Joe, your PR campaign worked. Yeah, I mean, I'm very,
0: very happy about that, and then I guess it's one of those things like you're always damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, right? Like, um, so I'm very glad you got nominated. However, then I started thinking about like the fact that I campaigned so hard for you, and I kind of, anytime you campaign for someone, obviously you're leaving out the other people, right? So then I like just wanted to like look. I think Ali Najad, the fact that he has never won one of these, I think is a little bit messed up. I think it's more messed up that you haven't. Uh, but Ali deserves to be recognized. And then I was like, oh, poor David Tuckman, he. Hasn't been on this list in a while. And so I texted the both of them. I don't know if you saw oh, Ali's God's tweet. for sake, Joe. I texted David and just said, hey, I think it you should deserve to be recognized too. And then I didn't text Ali, but did you see Ali's tweet? No. He he took the nominations from last year and crossed my name off and wrote in yours and tweeted like something very salty about like, well, the nominations are out again. It was very strange. I thought it was funny. It didn't bother me in the slightest. But anyway, I, you know me, I just feel bad. I felt, I felt like, oh man, I just wish we could all be recognized. Look, anyway, Hardy is nominated. The weird thing is though that the vote's over.
1: Yes, yes, it's over. So, so the moment that the nominees are announced in every category, yeah, the, the order, as it were, has already been decided. We just have to wait until the beginning of March to find out the results. I have zero expectations. Obviously, I'm flattered. At the same time, We have said repeatedly on this show the concept of awards in general and the concept of poker awards are a bit silly, but I still admire everything that Eric and the team do to just shine a light on all the work that is going on in the poker industry by all the various teams, all the various uh, people in the media, all the people who run major events around the world. I I think that their hearts are in the right place. And I still think there's some work to be done, but to be fair, Eric conceded that when we spoke to him on the podcast last year. Yeah. By the way, we did get nominated for best podcast. I don't expect to go back to back. Um, More importantly, EPT Live, our live stream from Pokestars Live Events, is up for fave live stream. And I really hope the fans voted. I do still think there is a slight US bias with these awards, and I do think the sheer number of people in America who are going to be fans of some of the other live streams nominated, I think we may kind of be struggling against those numbers.
0: Well, especially because those live streams for better or for worse have made major waves in news this year. Um, You know, that's all anyone talked about for several months, I would say. And, you know, obviously... Fave live stream. We can't tell people who their favorite live stream it's true. is. It's true. Um, you know, it doesn't matter. So. If it were uh, it's worded slightly differently, it was easy for me to say you must vote for James Hardigan be- for best broadcaster because he is the best broadcaster. I cannot say you must vote for EPT Live for fave live stream because it is your fave live stream. It might not be. I just hope that we have enough people out there who have uh, who whose it is their fave. Live stream, and who obviously have multiple email addresses and multiple <coughs> IP addresses, so they can vote more than once. No, but I will say that this is, I think, the most important thing we've ever been, any of us has been nominated for more than individually being nominated for broadcaster, more than this podcast. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've been nominated for like content or anything else before. This to me is the most important because it is the most reflective of how much effort overall is made by poker stars to put out your fave live stream
1: i think that's a very very good point um elsewhere toby stone is up for best tournament director ept barcelona is on the shortlist for best event and i see that lex is in the running for poker personality of the year
0: yeah absolutely spraggy nominated for uh streamer again i believe marley nominated for content i think it is so Lots of people, either directly or indirectly, uh, in the poker stars family all up for awards this year. How cool would it be if we just had, like, a clean sweep? If it was just, like, Lex, Spraggy, Poker in the Ears, Fave Livestream, Hardigan,
1: Marley-in-law. I like, mean, come on. You're living in Cloud Cuckoo Land, but I I like where your head's at. By the way, there are like 29 categories. We literally cannot go through every single award. If you check out the Global Poker Index website, you can see all the nominees. The most important thing is that we're both going. The most important thing is that this year, we both get to attend the ceremony. I was meant to go last year for personal reasons couldn't. So I'm glad that we just get to have a night out and see other people, friends, colleagues in the industry.
0: It's been a long time since we've uh, been in Vegas, w- first of all, at all, uh, right? It was uh, early, t- was late 2019? We were in Vegas. Yes, that's t- right. Together, me and you and Francine. And uh, it has been forever since we've been in Vegas with other people in the industry and been able just to hang out um and i'll I'll tell you james last year granted it was helpful that we did win for podcast but after afterward it's a good time it's a good time hanging out in aria and just uh staying out to the break of dawn vegas style i'm really looking
1: forward to it but before vegas joe there's paris
0: You might be the one I need You lead me to places that I've
1: never seen Take me where I've never been Here we go again. That's right. No rest for the wicked. We're streaming again, Joe. We're traveling again for the first EPT of 2023. A new destination and a new venue. That's got to mean something, right? It
0: does, and when I first heard there was going to be an EPT Paris, I was pretty excited about it, because we have never gone to Paris before, in my recollection. Correct. Uh, we used to go to Deauville. Uh, we'll go to the southern region of France, but uh, obviously different country called Monaco. Um, so when I heard about this, I was pretty excited, I, I, because as everyone knows, I have family that lives in France, and then I realized that, like, No, I can't do it. Not this time. Like we've got just, it's too short of a trip. It's too close to the back of the last trip. It's too close to the front of the next trip, which is going to be Las Vegas. Um, So having said all that, I am excited to go to Paris, but I'm not sure like what, what all we're going to get to see while we're there, except for more poker.
1: Well, the first thing to say is that as we are recording the festival is getting underway. Today is the first day of the FPS main event, for example. Cool. So by the time we arrive, it'll be in the thick of it. Now, I arrive a few days before you because we're doing something special on the Sunday, specifically for the French market. But we don't start streaming the EPT main event until Wednesday the 22nd, which is day two of the main events. We always start our main event coverage. Now, without going into too much detail, there are some very strict rules and regulations in France regarding working time. And that means we're limited to the number of levels that can be played each day. This is affecting, obviously, the tournament staff as well as the the live stream team. Um, It also means that I have to have two compulsory days off at the start. So even though I fly in and work Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, I will get to see some of Paris because I'm literally not allowed to work.
0: That's fun. That's really fun. I couldn't decide if I wanted to ask for those days or not. It felt it felt wrong for me to be like, I want to come to Paris and have two days off. So I didn't specifically ask, and no one offered them to me. So I was like, all right, I'll just show up later on. Do you have – are you going to go to the Eiffel Tower? Like, are you going to go eat escargot? I'm not trying to be completely um, – you know, stereotypical here. But what else do you do
1: now? Sitting around in cafes, chomping on onions, going a high heart. No, I have <laughs> I have not made plans yet. There's a number of ideas being floated around, though. So um, let's see. Wait,
0: there's Euro Disneyland too, isn't there? That's isn't one that of the ideas.
1: That's one of the ideas that's being uh, that's being floated, um, but. <sighs> Not going there for a holiday, ladies and gentlemen. We have got five days of live streaming, and this is what you need to know about. We are going to be on air from Wednesday the 22nd to Sunday the 26th of February. Five consecutive days of EPT Paris main event coverage. Cards up all the way. Like at the PCA, again, because the structure, the schedule will be slightly different, the bubble won't be until day three. And I like that. I like having the bubble at the start of day three. And then, of course, we follow it through to the final table. Final table on a Sunday. And the Dream Team is reunited. Obviously, Joe and I are coming. Nick's on board. Griffin's coming to Paris. Maria will remain in the United States, but by the wonders of modern technology, will still be able to be a part of the broadcast.
0: All right. Dream Team is intact. Love it. And uh, is there a play-along?
1: for this particular there is there is a mini EPT Paris would say and again just to go back to the fact that people have been using our discord channels for conversation outside of the podcast would be more than happy for you to use the podcast discussion channel to tell us what you think of these online series that we've been running in conjunction with the live streams because to be brutally honest I need to know if this stuff is appealing if this stuff works for you um We said at the start, Joe, I think it's better to have low buy-in events with tons of added value rather than free rolls, which just get kind of overpopulated by value hunters who aren't watching the live stream. And again, there's less value in a free roll than there is in what we offer with the mini EPT Paris series, which is three events every day, EPT satellite tickets added to the prize pool. And on the Sunday, there is going to be the mini EPT main event, which will give someone a package to play EPT Monte Carlo in the spring.
0: Yeah, I tend to agree with that. However, I haven't been able to do it for a great many years to participate in it. So, yeah. So please get involved. Let us know on Discord uh, if you're enjoying this new format. It seems better to me than a free roll where, like, you pay f- play four hours and you cash for, like, 87 cents um you know you're at least going to cash for whatever the amount of the tournament was and then potentially win some really cool added value prizes on top so I it mean, seems better to me
1: full disclosure we obviously did this almost as a trial during London and then due to the nature of the beast and everything being on top of each other it's like well if we're going to do it again we got Prague then we got the Bahamas and then we got Paris with no real time to look and say did that work did that not work let's get some feedback so post Paris there'll probably be a bit of time to reassess so we do genuinely appreciate your feedback one note on the mini EPT series in addition to the added value in satellite tickets I can't remember, Joe, whether it was on the live stream in the live chat or whether someone messaged me on social media. But someone asked, do you get a trophy for winning a mini EPT event? And I'm like, quit fucking trying. Who's going to get a trophy for winning this? Clearly, someone at PokerStars paid attention to that because apparently you do get trophies. Um, There is a trophy for the winner of every single mini EPT tournament.
0: You know what? And that reminds me, I think we're up for best trophy also. That's in true. The, Global, the, Global the EPT chart.
1: Not the, not the trophy you get for winning a mini EPT. The no. The big trophy you get for like winning a proper EPT.
0: But maybe we can get mini EPT <laughs> nominated next year.
1: Um, Obviously, because we are going to Paris, and a reminder that you can watch our coverage on the PokerStars Twitch and YouTube channels, uh, there will also be live streaming in French, Spanish, Brazilian, Portuguese, and German, if English is not your preferred flavor. Uh, Because we're going to Paris and then Vegas, there is not going to be a podcast for a couple of weeks. The thing is, Joe, we've only just got back, and now (laughs) we're going away again.
0: That is right. We're going away again. Coming up next time. EPT Paris will have happened It will The Global Poker Awards will have happened James and I are hopefully going to get into a little bit of shenanigans in Las Vegas That we can talk about We'll see Maybe we'll play some poker Who knows So we're going to try to recap both Paris and the Global Poker Awards On the next episode of the podcast Which is going to be released on March 9th
1: That's the ambition That's the aim
0: And there's a good chance I'll be smack dab in the middle of a pretty cool Poker Stars event happening here in Los Angeles slash Las Vegas. We mentioned it during the PCI live streams, and it involves one of my favorite things, sports. (laughs)
1: Um, The most important thing to say before we go, in addition to please enjoy our coverage from EPT Paris, is please apply to be on Superfan vs. Stapes. I think I did send DMs. Some people who applied towards the end of last year, but maybe people aren't logging into Discord all the time. Um, as we come into the new year, we are looking for opportunities to give people Sunday Million Tickets. Sorry, we can't give away 30k PSPC packages every single week. But look, if there's a subject you think you're an expert in, if there's a movie or a TV show that's your personal I got some favorite, suggestions. Oh, yeah?
0: I watched Babylon. I have no idea what the fuck went on in that movie. If somebody wants to quiz me on it, maybe I'll have a better understanding of it. Some of the Oscar movies that are out, I like when we do general knowledge type of stuff. You want to pick animals or genetics or fucking the planets or shit like that. I'm always into that sort of thing. Um, Peacemaker, I finally went back to that. People said I should go back to it. I did end up enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, Lots of stuff. You see me tweeting about stuff, you see me tweeting about a TV show, a movie, what have you. Uh, I'm into it. I'm into all those sorts of things.
1: So there is a dedicated channel on the Pokestars Discord server. And again, we always put a link to that server in the podcast description. It's called Superfan Applications. And basically just say, I'm interested in coming on the show. If you've got a preferred specialist subject, say, even if you don't have an idea, we can suggest one, but obviously we're looking for volunteers, and yet I think we're still at the point where we're looking for new people, um, even though we're nearly 270 episodes in. I don't think we've reached the stage yet where we're inviting return superfans onto the show. It's a kind of one-time deal, because in all honesty, I want to get to talk to as many of you as we possibly can.
0: Yeah, and uh, I don't know, maybe uh, prove that we've got new listeners out there, right? Oh, how about Keen, right? Yeah, that's true. Isn't-
1: Keen, if you're all caught up by the time you listen to this show, get your Superfan application in.
0: Food and drink. We could go back to geography. The ocean. I don't know. I like doing random trivia stuff, so maybe we can work a little bit more of that in there, too. You are very right. So that me and and, uh, Patrick don't have to watch entire seasons of TV shows just to catch up (laughs) with you people. All right, my babies. That is just about all the time we have got for this week's show. Until next time, which is going to be a little while, for James Hardigan, I am Joe Stapleton. Smell you later.